0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Cafe, where master business coach Erica Ross Krieger and her special guests teach you how to create true entrepreneurial wealth from the inside out. Grab your favorite podcast beverage and get ready for the Entrepreneur's Cafe. Now here's your host, Erica Ross Krieger.
1: Welcome to the cafe, my friends. Well, as I've said here before, we're all about creating true wealth from the inside out here in the cafe. And speaking about the inside, there is no one more skilled at helping people get out of their own way and beyond their way to freedom and from self-defeating behaviors and beliefs than my guest today, Rick Carson. For over four decades, Rick has been a practicing psychotherapist, personal and executive coach, seminar leader, and consultant to businesses, nonprofit organizations, several U.S. government agencies, and more. He's conducted presentations at the behest of organizations in the U.S., Europe, and the Middle East. Rick Carson is the author of four HarperCollins books. His seminal work, and my favorite, Taming Your Gremlin, has had a remarkable track record, having been a top seller for Harper since its publication in 1984. It's been translated into several languages, leading to a revised edition in 2003, and a sequel, a master class in gremlin taming. Rick is a clinical member and approved supervisor for the American Association for Marriage and Family Therapy, a former faculty member at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical School, and founder of the Gremlin Taming Institute. And I'm also proud to call him my mentor and my friend. Hello, Rick Carson.
0: Hello, Erica. Erica. I am thrilled to be with you. Absolutely. Anything you do, if I can be a part of it, I want to be a part of it. You know, your uh, emphasis on quality actually makes me feel flattered that I get to be here. Oh,
1: you sweetheart. Thank you. Sure. Well, well, let's like jump right into it, Rick, because you are a fountain of information and the audience here are entrepreneurs. And I know right now, And whenever they're listening to this, but overwhelm seems to be top of mind for a lot of the entrepreneurs. Sure. What I'd love to know is if you've got any input for us about managing overwhelm?
0: Absolutely. First thing that I'm going to suggest folks do is notice how they're overwhelming themselves. Now, people are going to say, well, it's not me. I got all this stuff I got to do. It's one task after another. There are deadlines. I don't care how much is coming at you. You handle one thing at a time, even if it's just for a few seconds. You know, at any point in time, Erica, you're a devotee. Me too. I mean, all, it's an impersonal you. Anyone. We're a devotee of something. And what we devote to is up to us. And we devote via our awareness, our attention, which is like a spotlight, okay? So at any point in time, if you're feeling great, I'm feeling great, whatever, what's happening is we have a sharp foreground and a fuzzy background. In other words, we're really bringing something into our foreground. And learning to not overwhelm oneself is a matter of really learning how to responsibly and with choice, breath to breath, moment to moment, to shift your awareness gently, I want to emphasize gently, from one thing to another to bring something completely into your foreground. Now, people will say they, they multitask. It's not true. It's a half truth. You can't multitask. I can't be fully with you, Erica, if a part of me is making my grocery list or thinking what I'm going to do after this right. or anything. I'm going to be here 100% with you. And I'll hush about this in just a minute. But the benefit of that is for me. This is my life unfolding here. And if I'm going to be in it, if I'm going to choose to devote precious breath's worth of my time to something, even if it's just for a few seconds, by golly, I'm going to devote 100% because I don't want to miss my life. So you gotta have a clear intention as to what you want to focus on. Last thing I will say about it is there's a difference in intention and desire. You know, when um, I'm talking
1: about intention, I'm not talking
0: about a goal out there. You know, your your goal may be to, I don't know, for me, you know, past goals have been things like write a book or do something really meaningful here with Erica to help her people. That's a goal. That's my desire. My intention is to connect with you. And with anybody who happens to be listening.
1: Okay. Oh, that's fabulous. So one of the ways I think I overwhelm myself and I'll use me because right now we don't have anybody else sitting here in the cafe. Um, Well,
0: you know, I would have asked you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So I'll just volunteer. So right now, and I don't know when people will be listening to this, but we've got a lot of things competing for our attention. There's, you know, there's COVID, there's the virus. Some of us are having to work from home when we didn't before. And then when you're working from home, my golly, that's a whole conversation. Talk about competing distractions.
0: Absolutely.
1: That's one way I can overwhelm myself is to start looking well, around. Like when I'm heading down to my office and I look around and go, oh, I have to remember when I go out today, I have to take my mask. But I also, oh, there's a pile of laundry over there. And the dishes are dirty over there. And, oh, yeah, my spouse is working from the house, and I got to make sure that he knows to be quiet while I'm recording. So there's just a lot of stuff.
0: There's an infinite supply of stuff, and it's not going to change. You know, your world is filled with stuff, with props and with players. And they form themselves into circumstances, but they, it's almost like they can scream at you. That's why you've got to remember, and this is not a philosophy, Erica, It's a real skill, as you well know. It's a skill to learn to choose breath to breath, moment to moment, what you're going to bring into your foreground. And as I said, you do that with your awareness, and it's gentle. And it, the reason I'm emphasizing it's not a philosophy is it takes practice. What we're doing in the Gremlin Timing Method, in great part is turning people's lives into a meditation. That's all meditation is, is very gentle control over your awareness. Whether And when you practice, it's all practice. Whether you practice with a mantra, or you practice with your breath or whatever, the idea is you're practicing gentle control over your spotlight of awareness, gentle. You don't force it. You notice it's drifted and you're meditating on your breathing. When you notice it, you very gently take it back to your breathing. You trap yourself when you close your eyes and meditate formally, formal practice, let's call it. What you're doing is closing your eyes, trapping yourself in there with a monster of the mind and all those props and players and circumstances and saying, Let's get it on, you son of a gun.
1: Yeah, man.
0: Well, and you start. That's why it's, it's. I never said it was easy.
1: No, right? <laughs> but it
0: gets easier and easier if you practice. That's the key. Yeah. So,
1: so I like the I-N-G on the end of taming because that really means we're taming, we're in practice. There you so go. We don't tame this son of a gun. Once I'm, and for all. I'm assuming people ask you all the time, can we just like get rid of this gremlin or is this a lifelong thing?
0: It's a, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's a lifelong thing, but people are going to be bummed out, but they don't have to be because you can get so good at this. I mean, I'm no master of the process, Erica, but I'm, good God, I've been a sincere student for almost 50 years of the process since I made it up. And it's just (laughs) transformational for me. But as you practice all that chatter, all that stuff literally becomes inconsequential. You just start to learn how to tame your gremlin on the spot in a few breaths with practice. You got to practice. you know, you've, uh, I was so glad you've, you've met Letty. Letty's met you, my wife. She typed the first draft of Taming Your Gremlin, and I guess it was 1983. And she was in one office, and I was seeing clients somewhere else. And I finished with a client, and all of a sudden she said, Oh, no. And I walked in and said, what's the matter? She said, just stop the part. You don't tame your gremlin forever. It's a breath-to-breath activity. (laughs) (laughs) So it's okay.
1: So in the second book, the Masterclass in Gremlin Taming, what sort of things are in there that aren't in the first one? And I love them both, but I'd like people to know like your view of what's different between the first and the second.
0: Yeah, I really, I like them both too, but I really like a master class. It's got a lot more personal vignettes and it's got a lot more vignettes from people's lives who I've done work with. And the reason I think that's so important is it helps people integrate exactly how the method works, especially coaches and therapists. Now, it's not written exclusively for them. But it really benefits coaches and therapists, executive coaches, life coaches, uh, psychotherapists, people who are professional helpers because it tells them what to look for, where to look for it in terms of helping people get out of their own way, what to look for, where to look for it, and what to do when you spot it. And, you know, it's the, the Gremlin Timing Method, as you well know, Erica, is very precise it takes practice, but it's very precise. It's not platitudes. It's a method.
1: So someone reading the book, do you recommend they take it like slow or read it, then go back? Do you have any tips around that?
0: Great question, Erica. In I think it was it either in a master class or the revised edition? I actually suggested that people not read more than 10 minutes at a time. It's, you know, it's got the look of a cute little self-help book because what the publisher was telling me initially is it's too hard-hitting, you know. So, I mean, uh, I love the art and the, uh, you know, it's got big type and all that, but it's to make it, I wanted to make it extremely accessible to everybody. So I really recommend that people read just a little bit at a time and really practice if somebody decides to start with a master class, that's fine because there's a chapter in there early on where I was interviewed and I went back through that chapter and I actually put, I referred to the first book a lot and I actually put page numbers in there. So if oh, somebody great. wanted to know more about the first basic of pleasure or simply noticing it's it's in that book, but they can go back and learn more from the first book. So anyway, thanks for asking that, Erica, because it's amazing to me a lot of, I mean, you know how many hundreds of thousands of therapists and coaches and, you know, regular folks who've benefited from Time in Your Gremlin. But I've been pretty amazed that even a lot of coaches don't seem to know about a master class. And man, I heartily recommend it.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. I know that I had the pleasure of working with you the year and we did the year long uh, in the Gremlin Taming Institute. Do you have? I mean, seriously, do you have plans for doing more of those in the future or classes or anything? No, what I,
0: what I do now, Erica, really is if somebody contacts me who has a sincere interest mm-hmm. and we talk a lot first and I actually have them fill out what I call a, just a personal information Form and we do basically a mutual selection interview somebody has a sincere interest i'll work with him i call it a gremlin timing intensive but you know i rarely take more than one two three four at a time to do that and i'll do it over 10 weeks so i do that and of course people can always call for just a just a private whatever with me and in the fall and I've not yet decided on the name for this, I'm going to begin doing a, uh, it's basically an Ask the Gremlin Tamer, where people can not only send questions in, they can show up and ask them, and we'll do that. Probably it's going to be Zoom, though, not not a podcast. I don't know. We'll see. Hmm, But it's um, going to happen, I'll tell you. So.
1: One of the areas I know for me, and I want to talk about the area of visibility. And I'll tell you yeah. why, because for a lot of the coaches, I'll include myself in there. Visibility is like a dark room with that just calls forth the gremlin for a lot of coaches. And what I, what I mean by that is I'll never forget the time back when I did the, my very first sessions with you at all. And I was just about ready to launch my book, which... For people, Which I love. but with people listening, I was proud to have Rick write the forward to that book, and it was really a fun time. But when it got to the point where I was about ready to launch it, so other people in the cafe may not be launching a book; they may be launching a podcast or a, right. a, a new level. So that was big gremlin taming time. Like I'm grabbing my throat; they can't see it, but kind of a like grab you by the throat. Oh God. I'm going to go be visible. And I know that that is a major place that a lot of people listening in. So you got any words of wisdom for that?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. First thing is exactly, I mean, yeah, I love what you just did because, you know, your listeners couldn't see it, but you put your hand up to your neck.
1: Yeah. Okay. Grab my throat.
0: <laughs> the, the key is all day long. You know, people will smile at you, you have one physical reaction. Temperature changes, you have another. Somebody sneers at you, you have another. Somebody yells at you, you have another. All that stuff, everything that goes down, a loss, a threat of a loss, COVID, it all, you have a reaction to it. The most important piece of gremlin timing is to simply notice your physical experience, breath to breath, moment to moment. If you picture a continuum, Erica, and one end of the continuum, hell, if your listeners can even play with this, imagine yourself all wadded up, you know, like, uh, maybe like, uh, like cowering in a corner with your hands up, like a don't hit me, just making yourself really tight. Yep. And the other end of the continuum, picture yourself not that you would actually stand like this, but standing with your shoulder, with your feet about shoulder width apart, your arms by your sides with your palms pointing out, pointing forward, and your breathing being extremely clear. And you're just kind of showing up, you know, but at any point in time, breath to breath situation to situation, person to person, you place yourself somewhere on that continuum. Wow. The idea is to notice, (laughs) simply notice. That doesn't mean analyze. It doesn't mean figure out a damn thing. Notice your physical experience and ask yourself briefly, how am I either creating this experience, the guarded experience, or how am I, exacerbating it because sometimes it just happens somebody blares a horn at you or gives you the finger or whatever you know there's a natural fight or flight reaction that's natural but how long you hang on to that is up to you and it's important to notice it and take complete responsibility for it in fact again as you well know, aware i often recommend accentuate the tightness and the discomfort first first clue every time it's your breathing is going to get shallow That's going to be followed by tension in your trapezius, where your shoulders and neck connect. And that's going to be followed by pain, discomfort, misery, wherever your most vulnerable area is.
1: So if I'm about ready to go on stage or get behind the microphone or publish my book, and all of a sudden I just simply notice, I love those two words, that all of a sudden I'm sort of like, choking myself I'm not breathing well my eyes are darting around
0: do it more
1: I, I would have you do, do it, it more. more oh my god yeah. okay all right
0: more just for oh. I'm not gonna keep you there long uh. <laughs> make a sound <laughs> I'm choking
1: I'm choking that,
0: so notice the key points of tension and with your next few breaths think in terms of oxygenating your throat your lungs Get out of your head. There's nothing There's nothing to think about. It's a physical thing.
1: Yeah, yeah man. A big, deep breath just came in. Yeah.
0: Woof. yeah. So, you know, right? and there's, when I wrote Taming Your but you know, and talked about breathing, it was kind of a as, a, as a regulator and as an indicator, it was sort of unique then. I mean, now everybody talks about breathing and all that stuff, but the simply noticing thing. You know, the whole beautiful Buddhist thing was not big in the West. And so there was no term like mindfulness or anything like that. So I had to make up a term to explain what my experience was. So I thought, well, what I'm doing is noticing. Oh, simply noticing. So that's, you know, it's sort of mindfulness in action.
1: So that leads me to, come on, I can't. I can't have my listeners not hear my very favorite thing you talk about, which is the Zen theory of change. So come Uh, on, spill the beans. Tell us.
0: Well, as you begin to bring into your awareness how you're getting in your own way, not why, I really want to emphasize that, in the moment that you're getting in your own way, there's a natural correction that starts to occur. But let me talk about some of those ways briefly. Okay. Some people do all of these. Some people have favorites. One is worry, you know, scaring the hell out of yourself. Sure. And with COVID, man, there's plenty of grist for the mill to do that. Okay. (laughs)
1: Yep.
0: Another one is, uh, it's guilt. I was going to say regret, but regret is if, if I stepped on your toe, stub my own toe I'm gonna have regret that's a natural thing but if I get in my mind and start giving myself hell about it what's the matter with you Rick you're such a klutz why are you always stepping on people's toes you know you'll never shape up you'll never gonna learn it becomes a feeling called guilt which manifests in the upper part of your abdomen is just an awful feeling Mm. so worry and guilt are poisons there's also clinging to a resentment Anger's fine. I like anger. If it's handled appropriately, it changes relationships for the better a lot of times. gets things done if it's handled appropriately. But clinging to a resentment is like acid in a container. It's going to eat you up. Uh, And there are others. A granddaddy of them all is trapping yourself in a concept of who you are. You know, any concept is, self-concept is limiting, even a positive one. So as you begin to notice how you're doing that to yourself, remember the first sign is your breathing is going to get shallow. Right. Breathing's not just a regulator of your inner experience. It's an indicator. So it gets shallow. So you accentuate that. That kicks into play the Zen Theory of Change, which simply stated sounds something like this. I free myself from all of this poison. I free myself not by trying to free myself. It doesn't work. It's never worked for anybody. I free myself by simply noticing how I'm getting in my own way, how I'm poisoning myself in the very moment. That's the key. In the very moment, in the very instant that I'm poisoning myself that kicks into play the very same mechanism that you used to learn to walk. You didn't know anything about kinesiology, physiology, physics. You learned if you lean too far to the left, you bumped your head. You started to straighten up. Well, as an organism, you want to feel good. You want to be in balance. So when you really catch yourself in the act of jabbing your own thumb in your own eye, there's a natural correction that occurs.
1: And that's the Zen
0: theory of change.
1: I, love I mean it. that's what
0: I had to make up a term for it you know so <laughs> I thought that's a good one. Uh, that's
1: a very good one. you know I know you wrote the book on it, but I'll never get a tattoo but if I did, it would either say simply notice or practice.
0: <laughs> yeah, practice yeah the there, the, I mentioned Letty earlier the the well you know Linda Dutry who made the gremlin timing jewelry
1: right
0: Letty's bracelet that she wanted and she wears all the time just says practice love it it's like you're going to get good at whatever you practice you practice making yourself miserable you're going to get great at it wow yeah
1: well my friend this has been a slice i was uh thinking back to the time when we first met again prior to the book coming out and i'll never forget you saying to me you know you're gonna get so good at this gremlin taming erica you're gonna when it comes to." being fierce about putting your book out, you're going to be like a pit bull on a rump roast. <laughs> That's right. It I'll sure never does. forget that. That, that, that yeah. I'd never heard it before anyway. I don't know I that I've The room we were in yeah.
0: and being really struck by the love between you and Steve, for one thing, uh-huh. you know, what a, what a solid base you had. And, you know, it's been delightful to know you and, of course, to be with you. You're gonna do really, really well, and I want you may edit this part out, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Uh, <laughs> I really think it would be neat at your one-year anniversary. Yeah. Around that time, I mean, you're such a delight. Let me come back on and interview you.
1: Oh, you're a sweetheart. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Or you getting, I, You get a podcast. I'll I'll, I'll challenge Yeah. But your
0: listeners would love to, and other people love to know you and know you better. So,
1: sweetheart. Well, listen, speaking of how listeners are going to get to know you, let's have a call to action. Where can they find you? And I'll make sure I put it in the show notes. Like, is there a website? Where should they go?
0: There's a website, which is tamingyourgremlin.com. And... I really, a lot of stuff happens on a Taming Your Gremlin Facebook page.
1: Oh, nice.
0: That's a place to stay really, really well informed. Please come and, you know, like the page. And if anybody wants to inquire about, you know, the intensive, or if people want to start sending questions for the Ask the Gremlin Tamer, fine. They can do it via the website. There's a contact place. Website's very simple. So it's not hard to navigate or anything.
1: All right, so I'll make sure I put that I'll put the Facebook page and group and the website in the show right. notes. Any other wonderful parting words of wisdom or I got it all out of you today.
0: No, there's always there's always <laughs> more I'd like to help with, but the main thing is for people to really take well it's awareness is to really pay attention breath to breath, moment to moment, where they're placing themselves on that continuum. And don't fight with themselves about it. It's okay. If you're tight, you're tight. That's okay. It's cool. Just notice it, accentuated it. And if you decide to stay there, great. If you decide to relax, that's even better.
1: Very cool. Well Rick, <laughs> thank you so much for your time.
0: But well, thank you for having me, Erica. You're so. welcome. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneurs Cafe Podcast. If you like the show, please rate, recommend, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts so we can spread the positivity and the love of entrepreneuring from the inside out. Until next time, my friends, listen to your big entrepreneurial heart, follow your passion, take that inspired action, and be boldly and brilliantly you. You can get more valuable advice and inspiration from Erica's free Entrepreneurs Toolkit over at ericarosscoach.com forward slash toolkit.